Hey, Ashley Brogan here, subbing in for Steve Witt. He's out of town, so I am here to take over his podcast. And I'm here with Haley Braun from Bethel Redding. Hello, Haley. Hello, Ashley, and hello, <laughs> everyone listening. This. <laughs> it's so nice to be with you all. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Haley is the or you're the third year overseer at but BSSM in Reading. Um, you're also on the senior leadership team, and you wear many hats, I'm sure, out in Reading. But we're just so thankful that you're here, and um, we really wanted to have her on today to kind of hear her heart about an encounter that she had in the last couple of years and um, how it's shaped her life and um, see how it affects our church body today. So Haley, I would love to hear about your encounter. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun being able to share the story. It, it was three years ago now. Um, it's so funny. Yesterday after I shared it, one of the students that's traveling with me now, she was just saying, I feel like I saw a vision of you and you were still sharing the story when you were an old woman. And, you know, a few times I've kind of wondered, like, I wonder how long I'll share this story. But um, I think for me, this story is more than just an encounter because I, I had had encounters with God prior to this. But this was, um, it was like, uh, I, it was as powerful for me kind of next to as powerful as when I got born again. You know, I got saved when I was three years old, listening to Salty the Singing Songbook mm-hmm. on my couch at home on my own. And that's how I gave my life to Jesus. And I really have loved and served Jesus since since that day. Um, but the encounter that I had awoke me to, uh, how do I, I don't even know how, like it ro- awoke me to the depth and the breadth and the magnitude of the availability of God and His mercy and the power of the Holy Spirit um, in such a way that it changed me forever. I celebrated like a birthday because of how valuable um, and how life-changing it was. And um, to cut a long story short, I, I just I was in ministry, serving at our school supernatural ministry at Bethel, loving what I was doing, but on the other hand, really battling with the fear of man and feeling like I was just never good enough or I was too much or not enough. And um, I didn't know how to keep everyone happy. And I thought that ministry meant that everyone was happy with you. And uh, and I just was exhausted and burning out. And um, I got to the end of my rope and I got really hungry for the Lord. And through like a prophetic word, that I received from a man named Marco Kulianos about the fear of man having to die in my life. Um, it kind of happened, that word was given three months before. It started kind of provoking me to seeking the Lord for what does it look like for this to die in my life and recognizing that I could only do it if if he did a miracle, mm. like I needed freedom. And um, I, sh- I yielded myself to the word and I yielded myself to his grace. I said, God, I, I can't do this on my own. And he met me three months of stewarding this word and kind of crying out to God and talking to him about it and submitting myself and doing whatever I knew, which probably wasn't very, uh, very wonderful. It was just all I knew to do. Uh, The Holy Spirit met me. And um, it was a really significant moment. It was uh, unmistakable what God was doing in my life. And he met me and he touched me. And... It lasted for six weeks when it was all I could he- uh, hear were the thoughts of God. Wow. Um, I shook violently under the power of God. 
And all of those things are wonderful, but rarely what it gave me was uh, recognition of the power of the Holy Spirit, my need for the Holy Spirit, and uh, the availability of God to me if I could just turn myself towards Him and receive and lay down my striving and my trying to get the fullness of what He has for me. Years ago then. Yes. And so, like, how has that kind of changed the landscape of your relationship with him since? And, like, what has it looked like to create an, a lasting encounter in your life? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I, I say it lasted six weeks. But I think really encounters with the Lord are often very powerful, dynamic moments where he reveals an aspect or attributes um, or parts of his nature that we really need to know that we haven't come into knowledge of. Maybe we have head knowledge, but we haven't come into experiential knowledge. And God was revealing to me about his availability, about his, it was really a lot about his mercy. Um, And it wasn't just something to experience. That experience needed to provoke me into a seeking of of who that was. And it did. It created a hunger in me for God and to know Him um, in the way that I had experienced Him. You know, at the end of that six weeks, it wasn't like I just, it just ended. It was like this moment now for me to start stewarding this covenant, this connection that I had experienced. And so... Um, you know, I think a lot of times when we talk about wild encounters with the Holy Spirit, we 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 don't realize how much the Holy Spirit loves the Word. Mm. I think a lot of times we separate, you know, like encounters from the Word of God. We see the Word as sterile. But actually it was the Holy Spirit that spoke the words that are written yeah. in the Bible. And so I think actually grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit is of course in moments when he's moving in a room or in our lives and we reject him or we resist him. That's part of it. But it's also our rejection of the word of God. And so um, the word of God became alive to me. I started reading it in a way. I remember I would shake my husband while he was falling asleep and be like, do you see this? In 1 Corinthians, it's all about the Spirit. I'm like, it's by the Spirit. It's by the Spirit. It's by, I'm like, I, was, I remember going through 1 Corinthians 1, 2, 3, 4, and there's all this mention of the Spirit. And then you hit the gifts yeah. in 12. One gift, same Spirit. Another gift, same Spirit. And here he's listing through the work of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Acts Church was invigorated and awoken. And really the inception of the church was in the outpouring of the Spirit. And so they were receiving all these gifts, all this crazy movement, and they they were attributing it all to the Spirit. And so the Word of God, all of a sudden I'm like, we need the Spirit to wo- read the Word of God. We need the Spirit to worship. We need the Spirit to see Jesus rightly. We need the Spirit to know the thoughts of God. That's 1 Corinthians 2. Um, and I, I think it just became this like hunger. I have to know God. And you know, the receiving of the Holy Spirit means that I get to see Jesus. In John 16, it says that He glorifies the Son. Um, That's what the Holy Spirit does. He convicts us of sin and righteousness. And all of a sudden, my experience anchored me. It drew me into this realization, and it expanded. My experience drew me into a realization of who God was, and the Word then expanded on this experience. 
Um, I think sometimes we think our experiences expand the word. No, mm-hmm. no. Our experience leads us to the word and, and the word will expand our knowledge. So I experienced the mercy of God. But then I started being like, oh, the Holy Spirit brings conviction. The Holy Spirit shows me Jesus. He reveals the thoughts of the Father. And so um, it was really an awakening. Yeah. It, it like went, life went from three-dimensional to multi-dimensional <laughs> and colors became crisper and sounds became sharper. And I started seeing the n- more nuances in in life, joy. And, you know, you see the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to produce fruit from striving. It's from connection. And yeah. when I'm connected to the Lord, these things come out of my life. And so it just... Yeah, it just awoke me to all these principles I had and made them reality. Yeah, and um, in the last podcast that I did here with my dad, we talked a lot about the word because he's been feeling pretty strongly with this new year and our theme being flourish mm-hmm. about kind of coming back to a foundation of the word and the kind of like a new movement of the Holy Spirit being more focused on rooting yourself in the word so you can be flourished. Uh-huh. And so we talked about a little bit about the encounter I've been having with the word. What do you like practically for people who like want to hunger, want to get more into the word, but really struggle with kind of the implication of it and like getting into it? You know, I, I talk to people who are like, I want to read the word and I want to get in it, but I'm really struggling to like make it happen because of the way life is and things like what is your encouragement for people who are struggling and who sit down and read it and just aren't getting the life that like you can get from it yeah if that makes sense yeah the first thing I'd say is if you want to that means there is evidence of the work of God in your life Mm -hmm. when you want to read the Bible when you want more of God that is the evidence of the work of God. You know, when you say, I stepped into a grace, 100%, that is the activity mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm really nervous and a little bit sad sometimes of how we have depersonalized the work of the Holy Spirit. We, mm. we've, It's become like a fire or a wind or a grace or a, I don't know, a something like, God, touch me, like some pole's going to mm. come fall out the sky and knock us on the head. I'm like, no, no. That when we ask for God to touch us, we're asking for the Spirit of God to come and draw close to us. When we're asking to read the Word with revelation, we're asking for the Spirit of God to sit beside us and read with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the first thing is, is we can see what we're not doing. We can recognize what He is doing. And when we turn our attention from where we're failing and into where His activity in our life is, and we begin to invite him to move in a greater way. So how I increase the activity of the Spirit in my life is I recognize it, I turn my attention towards it, and I put my affection, I I let myself become warm to the activity in my life. So maybe you feel him, maybe you're hungry, maybe you're feeling desire for God, maybe you're wanting to go deeper in the Lord. All of that, if you can turn it into, wow, Holy Spirit, you are working in my life. Mm-hmm. I recognize you are giving me a hunger for more of God. And then, so Holy Spirit, I, I, I need your help. And in, in John 14, Jesus says that there is another one coming. The disciples actually in John 14, they're distraught because John uh, Jesus has just talked about in John 13 about how he's going to go to the cross. 
And Jesus' response is that I will send another, and that another is one that is like him. It's not a different one. It's actually the Spirit of Jesus. And the same comfort, he's saying, the same comfort you experienced with me physically with you, I am sending the comforter who is just like me. So what you've just experienced with me physically with you, now I'm going to send. And that word comforter or helper is paraclete, which is really the one who comes alongside you and gives you what you need. And I, I think like we must know the Spirit isn't tolerating us. He is the gift of God to the people of God to help us, to aid us, to come alongside us in the ways of God. So if you can recognize this activity, then you can say, Holy Spirit, will you teach me um, where you are in the Word? Where is Jesus in the Word? The other thing I'd encourage you is to not look as much for yourself as you do for Him. Hmm. Uh, he loves you. God's attention and affection is all towards you. So when you look at him, he's looking at you. And uh, I don't read the Bible or go into church looking for a solution uh, very much. I'm sure there's moments where I do. I try go into worship or into my time with the Lord to seek who he is. Because when I discover who he is, I become like him mm-hmm. and often when I seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, the other things are added. And so I'd say recognize where he is, honor it. God, I honor what you're doing, and I ask for more. It is legal to ask for more. He wants you to ask for more, and he will start showing you. And I, the, the last thing I'd say is take off the pressure of what you think success is mm. and make success a step in the right direction. So success for me today is not that I read 10 chapters of the Bible. Success today is that I sit down and I read until I feel him speaking to me. And I maybe you pause there and you write what you feel or maybe you marinate in one section or, or maybe success is reading 10 chapters and not worrying about it feeling profound, but just define success for mm-hmm. yourself so that you can feel like, so you can feel the momentum of the, the healthy choices you're making. You know, like if... If you decide you're going on a diet and you just decide success is losing 50 pounds in two weeks, you're going to feel like a failure. But if success is making these five choices, um, we're really motivated by results as human beings. Yeah. So I'd say measurable, measurable and doable uh, momentum. And then obviously you don't want to do it on your own. You want a partner. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Can I just say everything is by the spirit? Yeah. I mean, it sounds so obvious, so but good. it really is not how we live. Yeah, it is all. It is not by might nor by power, Zechariah four six, but by the Spirit. You can literally ask the Holy Spirit for anything you need, and you yeah. can be persistent about it. Jesus gives us permission in the story of the woman, um, the widow that is persistent with the judge. It was her persistence that got him to change his mind. When when Jesus says to the disciples, "Ye of little faith." That actually, that it's not little in amount; it's little in time. They weren't; they didn't stay in faith for long enough. Wow. They could have had a lot of faith, but it was for too short a period of time. And I'm just like, ask, stay, and He will. He's not resistant to us. So, if you need faith, He, the Holy Spirit, gives the gift of faith. If you need hope, He will reveal Jesus, our hope. If you need strength, He is the one; He's the lifter of our heads. So you just you can ask Him, and He'll meet you. That's so good. I, you know, I, I love 
the idea of recognizing, like asking the Holy Spirit to kind of partner with you in it and recognizing that when you're asking for the grace and you're um, asking for, and that hunger is a sign of like the Holy Spirit starting to work through you. And, um, you know, I, I, I noticed that when I wake up in the morning after being in the Word for, you know, now it's been like 120 days consistently, but where I've been really like thinking about the Word and contemplating it, that I wake up every morning feeling peace, and I feel peace all throughout the day. Mm-hmm. How how have you noticed like a change in your life where you've, you know, you had this incredible encounter that you're still having, but like where you've encountered the Lord through the Word, like what? What has it done for you that's been significant? Yeah. I mean, I know I'm sure there's so much, <laughs> you know, and we, we've talked about these, like how it's just so simple. The revelations that you have about like the fruit of the spirit. And when I read the word, I feel love and I feel joy and peace. But like, where has it been profoundly simple for you, I guess, is what yeah. I'm asking. I think uh, the simplicity has been, I am not the vine. Mm. I'm a branch. Mm. I'm not a shepherd, I am a sheep. While I was helpless, he came to help me. You know, we believe that those that help themselves get help. It's not the gospel. Mm. The gospel is while we were useless, helpless, whatever word you want to use, Christ came. While we were yet sinners, before we even could figure out how to get ourselves out of the pit, Jesus came. And he came with the full plan of rescue. And I think um, I would definitely not want to say that I never exhibit fruit of not the Spirit. So I have moments where I become impatient mm-hmm. or I feel frustrated. And I I don't go to shame, though. So shame is paralytic in nature. It's a spirit. It's an evil spirit. And shame says you are what you have done. So if you are unkind, if you if you act unkindly, you are unkind. If you act unlovingly, you are an unloving person. Conviction says if you act unkind, you are acting opposite to your nature in Christ. And conviction, if I lean into conviction going, oh, why did that just come out of me? I start realizing, mm, I was disconnected there. Oh, I am believing a lie about God's provision in my life. Oh, I'm back to trying really hard today, and I've forgotten that He is the one who keeps me from falling and presenting me faultless. Like, it's not me. And so whenever I have um, an external piece of fruit in my life that is not the fruit of God, instead of going, wow, I'm a really bad person, I'm a really bad Christian, how could I do this? I go, wow, where did I disconnect from the vine? Because I'm not the vine, I'm a branch. So if I'm producing fruit opposite from what the vine produces, I have connected to something else. And in and repentance isn't, um, I'm a big worm and I'm awful. Repentance is, I lost my way. God, I connected to something outside of you. I am so sorry. God, would you enfold me back into your vine, into your into your family so that I can be fully connected to you. And as I turn away from my previous connection, I step into him and he is the one that causes me to produce fruit, not me. My job is to maintain connection. So when I'm connected to the word of God, when I'm connected to the Holy Spirit, then I am a fruit-bearing Christian. And so... um 
what feels like a lot of hard work outside of the vine becomes really simple in the vine. And so, and I, I, I just want to say this, John 14 through 17 are some of the most profound passages in that in the Bible, I think. But, you know, it's the introduction of the Spirit. Then 15 is the abiding of um, us in the Father and the Father in us, and that's where we bear much fruit. You got John 16, more about the coming of the Spirit and His operation. And then John 17 is the prayer, the high priestly prayer that Jesus prays, that we would be one with the Father as He is one, and we would be one with one another as He and the Father is one. All of this is in the context of the activity of the Holy Spirit. So I, I just cannot reiterate enough. There is no abiding in God without the work of the Spirit in our lives. There is no revelation of the Word um, in Ephesians 1, kind of, mm, I'm trying to see where it is in my Bible, like 17 through 20 something, 22, I think. It talks about the Spirit of wisdom and revelation opening our eyes to the inheritance we have in the Lord. All I'm saying is, when I when I feel fruit opposite of what the production of the Holy Spirit is in my life, if I can say, Holy Spirit, would you help me connect back to the Lord? Would you show me where God is in this moment? Will you show me Jesus? What happens is things that were really hard work before become really simple, which is, oh, I just have to reconnect. And so I, I feel like just right now, even like some of you need to take the pressure off of how hard you can work and begin to cling to the Lord as best you know how. And um, the, the fruit will, yeah, it will come. It is. This is not a complex thing. It is really, really simple. So simple, people get it mixed up. I think what it is, is it's simple, but it's not always easy. Because the reality is we're not just living in the spirit, we are living in the natural. And the distractions around us and the voices and the competitive arguments that we're just seeing in advertising, in culture, which is, hey, get afraid, hey, get insecure, hey, be better, do more, they can subtly creep in. Um, and those are the moments where I just reevaluate and go, oh, where did I lose connection? If that, I hope that makes yeah, sense. No, that definitely makes sense. I love that. <laughs> I'm just sitting here taking it all in. Mm. <laughs> so so since we're kind of, you know, we're in January and we're kicking off the year, what have you been sensing or feeling is is kind of brewing or coming or what are what are your thoughts on this coming year? What's the Lord doing and where do you think we're headed kind of as a church? We are in a very exciting and uh, tension building season, I think. I think that um, we are on the precipice of something really powerful happening in the church. In fact, I would say it's tipped. I would say the tipping point, it's tipped. And we're starting to see the beginnings of the bride arising and awakening to her need for Jesus. And um, yeah, I, I feel like we got to the end of our rope mm -hmm. and we started reevaluating what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I think somewhere we got really connected to what we do. And I think we didn't quite remember, not everyone, but I'm sure I felt like why we do what we do. I think COVID and all the craziness, you know, start, what, do we gather as a church and why do we? And if God's everywhere, then why don't we just? And the truth is the reason why we gather the church is because we need to encourage each other. God is everywhere, but we're not always looking at him, seeing him and engaging with him. And when we come to church, we remember, oh, we're not alone. 
There's a bunch of people trying to do this. We're going to make it. God is with us and we're strong and the church is advancing. Like that is really important for the church to have a sense of vision and purpose and for her to be courageous. Um, I believe that we are being awoken to the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit and to what the gospel paid for. I don't believe we are living in the fullness of what Jesus paid for. And um, we need the work of the Spirit in our lives to awaken us to what Jesus has done. Um, and I think the church is arising in in a very powerful way, but I think the church is also undergoing a shaking. And it feels like there is a stripping away and a falling away of things that we have added to the gospel or things we have added to our Christianity, our 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 extra things that are going to get us through. And um, I feel like those things are being shaken off. It's like a Hebrews 12 shaking. All things that are temporal are being shaken to leave that which is eternal. And um, I I really feel like Hebrews 12, actually, everyone should probably read it in this season because I think it's what we're going through. And Hebrews 12 ends with, but we have not come basically to Mount Sinai, which is the mountain of judgment but we have come to the mountain of the Lord, to heavenly Jerusalem, to a myriad of angels, and then comes to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel's, which is the blood of vengeance. So we've come to the blood of mercy. And I think the church, in the shaking, we're going to recognize the mercy of Jesus, and it will be in in seeing his mercy that the church is going to give herself to this move that the Lord is doing. And I see an incredible harvest coming. I think 2024 is going to be an incredible move of salvation, of uh, souls being one for Christ. I think there's going to be a lot of clarity around truth that's going to come in 24, but I believe 23 is going to be preparations and the beginning, and it's going to be the bride arising in the power of the Spirit and taking up her spot in the kingdom to bring his kingdom to earth. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I also think there's a bit of a reformation happening over our... uh, I call it our priests and our prophets. Yeah. I think our, our worshipers, our ministers in the church, and then our prophetic voices. I, there's a holy fire that's coming on those people. You know, I believe the priestly ministry and the prophetic ministry is all about the heart of God. The prophet uh, speaks from the heart. The priests minister to the heart and and for his heart, um, connecting his people to his heart. And I think that the Lord is refining those ministries because he wants his heart accurately represented. And there's a holiness mm. that is coming on the bride. There is a sense of like, I cannot live with one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus. It's it's going to be a wholehearted, uh, fiery experience where that which was built for another, First Corinthians 3, 11, that which was built for another, like every man, what they build will be tested by fire. Yeah. And that which remains is what is God. It even says, and if everything is burnt, at least that he will be saved. And I think that there is going to be loss of some things built, but it's not loss. It's not actually loss for us. It's gain for us because we're going to have everything that is the kingdom. And that kingdom's not shakable. It's not destructible. I mean, I'm ready for it. Me too. <laughs> Come, Lord Jesus. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's really accurate. I feel like, um, you know, Jay and I have been saying for the last two years that we feel a holiness revival is 
brewing on the horizon and it kind of starts within us. And then it kind of in sharing with friends, you can see it kind of shifting and moving and it feels contagious. Um, and I think it feels scary for some people because then you're going to have to, because you can't live with one foot in the world yeah. and one foot in the kingdom. You have to be in the kingdom so that you can go into the world. Yeah. And so I think it's an exciting time. Um and I just, I feel like we've had constant confirmation that that's what's coming. Yeah. I'm not just from Bethel, Reading. We're hearing it from other places that we're connected to and prophetic voices that are all kind of saying the same thing. So something's definitely brewing on the horizon, I feel. Yeah. I think the, the last thing I'll just say is that we must remember that holiness, God is never trying to do something to us. He's always doing something for us. Yeah. And uh if he's addressing something, it's for our benefit. I think because we've been so afraid of talking about God's glory, I think we don't realize that holiness is unto beholding his glory. And his glory is life-changing and beautiful and more fulfilling than any beauty in this world. God's glory is the beauty of the manifestation of his personhood. And so anything that you have seen on this planet that is beautiful is a fraction of the beauty of his glory. And that is actually our inheritance as Christians. And so if God is coming with holiness, like a refiner's fire to the church, he is doing it because there is something of himself that he wants to reveal. And it is going to be more beautiful and more fulfilling. And it might cost you what you really like or really love, but you will get in return something more fulfilling than than your whole life. And I, I think we've lost sight of how fulfilling heaven is, of how fulfilling Jesus is. You know, we talk about how beautiful Jesus is, but I think we think he's kind of attractive maybe. We don't realize that it's so much deeper and bigger and wider than earthly beauty. And um, it's... It's something that we're going to get to enter into. And so I look forward to the fire of God. I I, I welcome his yeah. refining in my life because I have tasted just a little bit of his beauty. And I'm like, and it wrecked me. I, I said to Jay today, I said, after my encounter, I find myself, I found myself say, realizing like, I have no dreams. Like <laughs> Jesus is my dream. Like he is the only thing that I want. Like he is the beginning and he's the destination and he's in the middle of it all. And, and I realized I didn't try to lay down my dreams and let Jesus be the dream. It was through the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. It just happened. Jesus has become my dream. And, uh, I pray that for everyone listening here, that, that, They would invite the Holy Spirit to do a work in their life in such a way that by His grace and His mercy, that really they would long for Him in a way that no other dream could satisfy. I just think it's really powerful to hear just what's what's being experienced and how the Lord can encounter people, and it's really contagious. Once again, a big thank you to our special guest, Haley Braun. Check her out at HaleyBraun.com. That's all we have for you today. Steve Witt will be back next time. Bless you and have a great week.